0: You're listening to a sermon preached at University Presbyterian Church in Seattle, Washington. For more information, please visit our website, theupc.org. We're going to look at this text today about Jesus out of the book of Hebrews, looking at the high priest. What I hope to do if you're not in college today is point us to how are we as a university church loving and serving the college students around us? So we're going to talk a lot about college. And if that comes as overkill today, I'm sorry, but that's what's going to happen because all the other pastors left on a retreat for the weekend and they left me in charge. And now I'm in charge. Am I in charge, Dave? Am I, am I, let's make some new things happen here. We're going to go off script a little bit. No, I'm not in. Okay. Never mind. Not in charge, but I am up here talking. So we're just going to go with it today. You know, I'm excited about looking at this text. I want to reread for us out of Hebrews 4 um, this morning, verses 14 through 16. And this idea of Jesus as a high priest is really woven all throughout this book of Hebrews. It's not limited to just this text. George has, has taken us, this is week five of our series, uh, Who is Jesus?, looking through the book of Hebrews at what George has called... Pictures, photographs, even a photo album of different images that we get of who Jesus is. And this image of a high priest, I think this is is so woven throughout the book. It it would be like the cover photo of the album because of how much this plays out in other ways. And so I want to reread this text um, in chapter four, verses 14 through 16. Therefore... to help us in our time of need. Mm. This high priest picture, what a great picture it is. I think this really captures the essence of Jesus who came to fulfill in full as a high priest what the high priests of the day could only do in part. See, high priests were so crucial to the church and the temple as somebody who could uh, intercede on behalf of the people of somebody who got to enter in to this holy space, the holy of holies in the center of the temple where other people couldn't go because it was where the presence of God was. Other people would die if they, if they crossed over, if they walked past this veil into the holy of holies and they entered here with a pure mind, bring sacrifice and intercede for all the people. Kind of like the mediator. It's a lot like this image of a mediator that George talked about last week. But Jesus comes not just to mediate, not just to bring reconciliation between two people. He came as the one who also paid the price in order for that reconciliation to happen. He didn't just say, go off and do it on your own. But he said, I'm going to be the new high priest that's going to come in and pay the price my life so that this right relationship can now happen. That's the essence of the gospel right there. Jesus' death on the cross, the tearing of this curtain, that no longer are we separated from God, but Jesus provides the way that we can be in right relationship with God, in right relationship with each other, and with right in right relationship with this earth around us. Jesus is the high priest who fulfills all of this and stands in the gap so that we can experience life. If nothing else, UPC, be reminded this morning, if this is your first time here, or if you've been faithfully here in these pews for dozens of years, we have a God who loves us and who paid the price with his son so that we could be in right relationship with him. If nothing else, know that grace this morning. But I think there's something more. I think there's something more for us. How do we, as a university church that sits on the edge of the University of Washington and in the Greek system, how do we join in that mission to our neighborhood? Hmm. That's the question. How do we join in mission to the neighborhood? I love this text in Philippians 2, okay, one of my favorite chapters in all the Bible says this. It says... Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind as Jesus, who didn't come up here but lowered himself but humbled himself. How do we join in that mission? How is our joy made complete as we join in that mission to the neighborhood that God has us in? I think it can be explained well like this. I love Mexico. Yeah, I know. You didn't think it was going that way, did you? (laughs) That's okay. I do, I love Mexico, I love vacation, I love the sun, I love the beach, I love palm trees, I love, I've been to vacation in probably every city in Mexico. Uh, Cabo, Puerto Vallarta, Mazatlan, Cancun, Zihuatanejo, I've been up and down the coast. I love the beach, I love, I, right now it's starting to rain, I'm getting a little colder out. If you're anything like me, you're just thinking, when do I get my next vacation? Okay, after football season, of course, we don't wanna miss any dogs games, but uh, Getting to Mexico, I, I love it. I love vacation mode. And and so right now, Rachel and I, my wife, who's here somewhere in the congregation, she was probably on time today without me to slow her down. Um, but but well, we start looking for deals. Man, with this winter, we know it's going to get cold. We know it's going to get rainy. We need some sun, otherwise we're going to get sad and depressed. Where are we going to go on vacation? We're looking online, trying to find deals, and we see this deal to the Dominican Republic. And I'm looking at it, and the pictures look great, right? Palm trees, beach, sun, all the things I love. Latin America, very similar feel maybe to Mexico. But no way could we pull the trigger on buying a deal to go vacation in the Dominican Republic. Because I've went on way too many mission trips to the DR. That was a big part of my story. When I was a junior here, I went on the very first Dominican Republic trip that you men ever did, that they're still doing. Then I went back the next year. Then I went back the next year because that experience started to shape my life as I got to know what was happening in these small villages and communities. What God was doing down there as we interacted with people and got invited into their homes and learned what they were doing in their life and went to serve but then when we realized how much we were learning from them and what God was already doing in the community felt so blessed by understanding somebody's life better i love vacation but there's a difference between being a tourist and a vacationer and being a missionary Here's my question to you. If you're not a college student, are you a tourist in someone else's world right here in this neighborhood? Or are you on mission with us? My prayer is that we would look out at this place and go, what does it mean for us to serve and to learn and to connect deeply with the neighborhood around us. Now, I've also been on a mission trip or two in my life where we have made some big mistakes. Um, We went in thinking that it would be a great idea to solve a different country's problems with our American solutions. We went in to tell them what they needed to do in order to just kind of get up uh, onto their feet, And didn't spend any time learning from them. In fact, one time I got to go to Nepal, okay, a couple years ago, and we were, I was working for Young Life, we went there, and the guy that was leading this, uh, trip locally from Nepal was like, hey, we're gonna take you out to this remote village. Okay, we're gonna gather all these people, and we're going to teach them how to do a Young Life club in their community. Okay, and we're like in the Himalayan mountains. Everybody is way different. Nobody speaks the language. Totally different culture. And he just says, okay, get up and start teaching how to do a Young Life Club. I'm thinking, okay. So we start teaching. Here's here's how you speak. Here's why humor is so important. Here's why you want to open with a couple pop songs that all the kids know these days. <laughs> And then we got this great idea. Oh my gosh, right? It was like 110 degrees, it's super hot. There's you a hundred people in the room trying to learn. They're not interacting very well at all with us. And so in the middle, I turn to some of the team, I go, oh, run to the little store nearby, get a whole bunch of ice cream sandwiches. Okay, come back in. As soon as we're done, I'm done teaching, I'm gonna say, and now it's time for ice cream. And you're gonna run in and we're gonna throw ice cream sandwiches. Okay, and everybody is just gonna be grabbing them out of the air. They're gonna be so excited. They're gonna be jumping up and down and cheering. And so they go, they get ice cream, they come back. We get done talking and I say, it's time for ice cream. And they start throwing. And, and people in the audience were so scared of our team. They had never seen a team with so much energy. We're throwing ice cream sandwiches and they're ducking, okay? And then later on they said, why did you throw ice cream at us? It was the worst translation of any teaching. We went into another culture and thought, you need to learn how to do Young Life Club exactly how we do it in Western Washington. We didn't spend any time getting to know the community that we were a part of. We didn't spend any time listening or learning. We just wanted to contribute. I think that's something that goes on in all of us, right? We want to contribute. We look at ourselves, what do I have to give? What do I have to teach? I can teach our young people something. We always are thinking, what do I have to contribute? You know, I love in this Philippians text, In verse 2, it continues on after Paul is talking uh, about how to join Jesus in humbling ourselves and being on mission. And then he says this. He says, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon and that I also may be cheered when I receive news about him. I have no one else like him. Nobody is like Timothy. He's going to do something for you that nobody else that I know is going to do. What is that thing that qualifies him to be this guy? He says, I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for you. Genuine concern, genuine love. He's not going to walk in because he's the best preacher and teacher that we have available, but he cares about you a lot. He loves you right where you're at. College students in our community, they get a lot of people telling them what to do. You know what the question they're walking into any room is? With They may not say it out loud, but it's this question, am I worthy of love? Am I worthy of being loved? A lot of people are telling college students, try to show up on time, get off your phone when you're here, don't stay up so late and keep us up in the neighborhood. Nobody is listening to what's really going on in their world. And when college students look at a world where no one's listening in in politics or religion, it's not necessarily a world that they look at and want to be a part of. I think this church does a fantastic job of welcoming people not like us into it. But I think we can go beyond that more than just creating a welcoming space in the world that we have. What I love about this picture of a high priest in Jesus is is somebody who lowers themselves to get down on our level. It would have been really easy for him to say, hey, I'm up here. Even that's how I feel up on this stage. I'm up here. At the 830 service, I got a big chancel up here, kind of a barrier between me and and the congregation. And I'll be honest, it felt really comfortable. It was easy. There's a little barrier, and I'm comfortable in this space. It's easy to stay in a space that's comfortable. It would have been easy for Jesus to stay up as, as this high priest that also stood on a high platform. And that's something that I think we confuse sometimes. It becomes this high platform that we can stay on and say, come to me. And if, if you, if, you know, if you think right and you act right, then, you know, we can teach you how to be like us. But that's not what it's about. That's not what the high priest is about. It's about lowering themselves. It's about being down to this level of students going, I genuinely care about you. I want to get to know you. I don't just want to teach you the things that I have to teach you. I want to ask great questions and get to know you in your life and learn about what's going on in your world. My deep prayer for us as a community, why I'm so excited to be a part of this church is a group of people, no matter how old we get, that we are still learning. We're still humble. We're still trying to be like Jesus and step into this mission with him to have a genuine concern for the people right here in this neighborhood. Honor honored to be a part of it. Let me pray for us. Jesus, God, I thank you that you are a good God who loves us and, and has paid the price for us and continues to provide an avenue for reconciliation in our life to you, to others, to the world around us. God, thank you for the incredible love you pour out on us. God, would you help us know that we belong just as we are as we enter into this building today, but also that you love us so much that you're not going to let us stay there. God, help us to join in this mission with you. We love you, Jesus. We pray all this in your name. Amen. For more UPC audio or to find out about service times, visit us at upc.org. All online audio is available on CD and cassette. To order copies of sermons and classes, please visit upc.org slash audio, email audio at upc.org, or call 206-524-7301, extension 117.